Welcome to Emotional Savvy, the Relationship Help Show. I'm Dr. Roberta Shaler. If you're ready to increase your confidence in conversations and conflict, deepen your self-awareness, expand your connectedness, and enrich your relationship with yourself and other humans you care about, and even those you wish you didn't, you're in the right place. Enjoy today's episode. There is always a question, am I being my best self at this moment or am I reacting to something? And whether you're having a conversation with a coworker, your parent, your partner, your teen, no matter who it is, you want to be your best self, right? It's a big question. And when you have relationship problems, it's a good question to be asking yourself. It's always wise to be self-reflective first. And self-esteem, self-knowledge, self-confidence, they all play a really large part in the answer to your question. Am I reacting? Because that comes with a very high price tag. Yeah, relationship problems, they're intricate, they're complex, and usually they have some history to them. Because when something happens for the first time, it seldom gets that gusto that it kind of gets after it happens for the fifth time. And then we'll pull out some of those fearsome and usually inaccurate words like, you always do this or you never do that. So when I'm working with my clients, I have clients all over the world because I work through video conferencing, they come to fix a relationship, to figure out whether a relationship can be fixed, or maybe even to end it peacefully through mediation. So I hear a lot of history, and that's as it should be. But what they do is they stem these problems, they stem so frequently from everybody talking, and no one really listening. And then most of the talking is about justifying their actions. So I'll hear things like, well, I only did that because you did this. Or your mother did that, which was outrageous. So, or I didn't think you'd notice me if I didn't do something. Or I was just sick and tired of you doing you know, that kind of stuff. And all those statements are justifying their actions based on what someone else did. And that is not what grown-ups do, emotional grown-ups. Grown-ups take the time to reflect on their values, to think about the vision they want for their lives, to look at their beliefs in all areas of life and know who they are. And once they know who they are, then they can think about how they demonstrate who they are by what they say and do. And you can too. So you'll know then if alignment is present or if it's not. But emotional grown-ups, they take it a step further. They actually monitor their own behavior by asking themselves two questions. One as the day begins and one as the day ends. In the morning, ask yourself this. What will I bring to this day that demonstrates who I am in the highest and best way possible in every relationship? Great way to start the day. 
then at the end of the day, reflect. Ask yourself, what did I do today that demonstrated who I am in the highest and best way possible in every relationship? That's the inner work. That's what you need to be thinking about. That's your own work. And the next natural step then is to look at any relationship problems you might have with new eyes. Instead of starting with your partner's behavior or your parents' or co-workers' behavior, reflect on your own. Were you your best self in that problematic situation that you're now thinking about, the one that's on the table and is coming between you and that other person? It's likely you weren't because you were reacting, and that's old learned behavior. And once you do some work, you will have the courage to take your new self to the street. And that means that no matter what anyone does or says, you still get to be you in the way that you want to be. No longer do you turn green and expand out of your clothes when things don't go your way, even metaphorically. So now you can revisit any communication or conflict management skills you have, and you might see them in a new way. Because those skills are not there for proving that you're right and blowing the underpinnings out from your partner. They're not there to give you control, charge, or superiority over your partner. But they are there. They are there to create learning through conversation, to learn about each other and the perceptions and perspectives and assumptions and contradictions that go with being human. And as you do this, there's a very good chance your relationship will become better than you ever thought possible. You know, someone has to go first and become more wise, become an emotional grown up and let it be you because that's going to get you started in the best possible way. You want to be that person that you're, you feel good about at the end of the day. You want to ask yourself that question, what did I do today that demonstrated my highest and best self in every relationship? You want to be able to say, yes, I am happy that I handled it that way. I'm delighted that I was able to think before I spoke. I was happy that I could listen well and take the time to really hear and ask questions before I reacted or responded. And as with all things, it's simply practice. As you learn these things, you will feel better about yourself, your relationships will get better, and you will be overall feeling in control and feel like an emotional growing up. I'm Dr. Roberta Shaler, and I hope that this will change your day and that you will feel so much better about every single day. Talk soon. Relationship Help Show. You know I'm Dr. Roberta Shaler, and this is my guest, Lily Sanders. Welcome to the show, Lily. Thank you. It's great to be here. Yeah, I'm so glad that we're talking. There's so much to talk about. So let me tell everybody a little bit about Lily. She's had experiences like we all have that haven't been so wonderfully, delightfully uplifting. Things like domestic violence, co-parenting with a hijackal. And it gave her an intense compassion to write a book. And she's the author of Truth to Triumph, A Spiritual Guide 
to finding your truth. And it's all about transforming lives. So Lily specializes in transition and spiritual guidance, and she works as an author, a speaker, and loosely a coach. Uh, so no matter what somebody's story is, Lily is not about holding on to it. She wants to move on and become an empowered expression of love and truth. And that's a wonderful thing. We're going to drive down into that now and talk about it. But before we do, just before we got on the show, you told me a little something that I think everybody who's been with a hijackal will relate to. And I just like people to have this little nugget before we talk about all the things that you've learned and done. And you said these words to me, I'm, I met a man, married him right away, and had a child. Remember, everybody, how many times I've said a red flag is when somebody says that they love you on the first date, their big push is to move in, get married, or get pregnant. <laughs> so that happened to you, didn't it, Lily? Of course, of course. And it was conveniently uh, uh, justifying in my mind because I was older, and I actually was ready to have a baby. Right. So, um, but that was really the fake, that was, that, that was, you know, the, the mind telling me that it was not really my heart. And what's interesting is, yeah, it was boom, boom, boom. It was, <laughs> it was like a thief in the night. <laughs> and it was all of a sudden I was moving out of my apartment. I was buying a house with him. We got married. I was pregnant the, the next year. <laughs> you know, in fact, I was pregnant. I miscarried, got pregnant again. That's a whole nother story. Because when you're with someone like that, a hijackal, everything is your fault, including the miscarriage. Right, of course. Yeah. So I just wanted to open with this, everybody, so you can relax and say, we're in good company. She's been there, done that, and has the nasty video. And it's important for us all to know that because it's not like we go out looking for these chameleons, these seductive, manipulative chameleons who want to draw us in and then once they get us they want to ignore us make us wrong and make our lives a misery so you transformed your experience into a book and the title of the book um, is truth to triumph a spiritual guide to finding your truth so tell us what you mean by finding your truth okay so finding your truth is really finding uh, the essence of who you really are, the, 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 it, it, this body, so to speak, that, you know, I'm, I'm holding my arms, you know, my legs, touching my head. This is really just the vehicle that houses who you really are, which is your soul, your spirit. And uh, when what is truth is absolute, and what is absolute about you is is pure. And it's really important for... Uh, listeners and, and viewers to know that who you are, the truth of who you are, is really independent from any experience, any happening, and any, ev any event. And I always say, I say this in Truth to Triumph, it is what, what, what arises in that, in that space after the exhale of an experience. That's your truth. Beautifully said. Thank so you. let's think there's someone listening today who has just woken up to the fact that everything that, that his or her partner or parent or whomever that they, they are, are having difficulties with, they're just realizing that everything they've been told about themselves and that everything's their fault may not be true. 
Hmm. What would be the first thing that, that you would offer to them to think about? Okay. So the first thing would be bravo, because now you're beginning to listen to uh, your intuition. You're beginning to listen to what is innate inside of you, that little voice that's knocking on the door of your heart. And uh, that is kind of a nudge. That's the beginning of your portal, if you will, into your own awakening. You need to wake up out of this, you know, it's a nightmare to live like this. And um, that would be number one. And the second thing would be to, once you're aware of that, do that self-inquiry. I call it a self-inquiry where you sit with yourself very still. And that first question that, you know, universal question that we all ask is, who am I? And that is a very powerful question to ask oneself. Uh, you can't even begin to, to even love yourself until first you understand who you are. And going back to, circling back to the very first thing you asked me, who you are beneath this body, beneath the life situations around you, who you are independent from this, this body, that this vehicle that houses the soul, who you are from the person who's, uh, who's in this environment that is, you know, less than loving. And that becomes your first, you know, your self-inquiry is really, really super important. Mm -hmm. And then I bring people, then that's when I guide and coach people into discovering that, and then loving that, no matter where you are, no matter what is going on, no matter how you judge who you are, loving it. And once you love it, the judgment just kind of falls right off. Well, I think you just described something that's a big chunk down the road from the person who just woke up and said, I'm in trouble here and maybe it's not my fault. And I'm interested in your take on that because, you know, I work with clients all over the world to help them once they get a little inkling that they may be with a hijackal. Mm -hmm. um, and then they have to, to, first of all, realize the situation that they're really in. Yes. And then maybe they could start thinking about themselves. But right now, first, when they realize, I've been just squished into this tiny little part of life and pressed down. I've made myself into a pretzel. I may have even allowed myself to become a doormat. And I just woke up and said, no, I don't like this. This is not okay with me. Before I can even look at who I am, I need to do a few things to recognize that this is not all right. So you must have done those things at the moment that you had a child and you realized that whoa, I, this relationship I'm in, this is unhealthy. Yes. What were your first, your first thoughts when you realized, no, having more children or staying with this person would not be a grand idea? Yeah, yes, of course. Uh, my first thoughts was that I needed to, to really take my power back and, and, and my freedom. And I needed to do that in a way that I felt completely confident uh, and fearless about it because there was a child involved. Mm -hmm. And also, this is really important. Also, remember, he took me out of my apartment, out of my job. 
he told me, you know, how much he loved me that I don't need to work. Then I'm pregnant. Now I have a baby. Now I'm out of the workforce for, for years. And my workforce, I was working as an actress. I was working on One Life to Live as a day player. And uh, once you lose those uh, connections, um, you know, I was out of sight, out of mind. You're out of that business for, for two years, three years. You're out of that business. That's it. For, and you'd have to start all over again. And, and, you know, so the big thing, though, is the fear. That's the only thing. There's really only two things that are involved here is fear and love. So once we let go of the fear and we trust, uh, and we trust in that love and, and uh, that love of the universe having our back, that love that uh, knowing that love prevails over fear, then you've got, you've, you've got a sense of, of, of confidence and even a sense of knowing that everything will be all right. What I really love people to know uh, is, is that in this moment, even if someone that's listening is feeling uh, that they're stuck and they're, uh, you know, they don't know what to do. I understand. I've been there. My son was a baby. He was not even three. Uh, it, this was going on the whole time from birth until he was three. And yes, it's, it's, it's all fear that's holding you in there. And not just fear of, oh, what will happen to me, but fear of everything. Because women, they put guilt on themselves for everything. So not only is the man blaming you and you actually believing it, you're actually blaming yourself. Because now you're thinking, what am I going to do? I just brought a baby into this world. Uh, all, everything, you, you know, you know, all of these things are going on in the mind. That's all fear. Mm -hmm. So really the big major thing is letting go of fear and then holding on to love. Cause it took me many years before I ran for my life. And that was, um, totally because of fear, the absence of love. It's that simple. And yet it's that tragic. Right. And still, if I'm in a horrible emotional state and I've just recognized that I have this oppression in my life, this repression, and I'm feeling depressed, an esoteric principle like the difference between love and fear is way beyond my moment. I have to find a way to say, I shouldn't be treated like this. Yes. I don't want the child to be treated like this. And that, that may be nanoseconds and baby steps to be able to say, no, oh, that's not okay. And yes. it take me quite a while before I get to, I have choice about love or fear. I understand. So you want something practical. Yeah, practical that would be great. What is, what? is, is going to, I'm going to give it to you straight. I'm going to give it to every listener straight. Good. Practical first peel off the victim label and take yeah. your power back. So once you say, hey, you know, this isn't, uh, something's up. Okay, guess what? Now you have to stop acting like a victim, peel off the victim label. That's number one. When you're in a highly volatile situation, um, then you're going to have to take an action. And that means that you need to firmly, not in a crazy volatile way, don't mirror what you see. You need to firmly say, back off or I will have you removed. Then Excellent. be prepared. Yikes is right. Then be prepared for number two. Uh, and uh, number two is have an exit plan because you may need to run for your life because I did. I yes. had to run for my life with my, the telephone that I went to grab 
put in half, hanging at those days. They were flip phones, uh-huh. dangling in, in two pieces, and I ran for my life. But I just want to say this, and I mean this wholeheartedly, back to being very serious about this. That is your race to freedom. That right. is, yeah, that is the door back home. And when I speak of home, in truth to triumph, I always speak of, of love. So that is your door back home. That's your race to freedom. So you peel off the victim label. You have an exit plan. You may have to run for your life. Take it. Now, what does that exit plan mean? That's number three. You have a plan. Okay, number three is, I mean, uh, now you have the exit plan. This is still part two. Your exit plan is you find a friend, a family member, a trusted family member or friend or anyone anyone that can... um, house you when you run. And that means that within that exit plan, you have already packed and already there perhaps a bag, your license, your passport, your birth certificate, money, uh, cash, credit card, your spare car keys so that he can't come and take your car back or follow you or whatever it is. That's a good one. Yes. And if you have children and and telephone numbers um, that – because what happens when your husband breaks your phone and he probably will don't depend on electronics, write them down like old fashioned, write down the numbers, important numbers. And then if you have children, ditto, you have to do the same thing for your children, their book bag, their books, their laptops, whatever it is, however old they are, their passport, their birth certificates, everything. Your abuser will use your children to get at you. Yeah, so those are really good points. And that's exactly where I wanted to go because before people can even have the spaciousness to realize their philosophy or, or how, they, how they really want to feel or what life they want to create, there are some really practical things. And Of course. I, I love nope. what you said about peel off the victim label. And Number I one. want to end this segment by saying, I would like everybody to not only peel off the victim layer, but label, but replace it with I was unwitting prey. When you realize that you were preyed upon, that's a whole different thing than you being a victim. I'm here today with Lily Sanders, the author of the book, The Truth to Triumph, A Spiritual Guide to Finding Your Truth. You can find more about her at lilysanders.live. That's L-I-L-Y Sanders dot L-I-V-E. And you know where to find me at For Relationship Help. We'll be right back and talk more with Lily. Welcome back. This is part two of my interview with Lily Sanders, and you are listening to the Relationship Help Show. I'm Dr. Roberta Shaler. And it's important. You gave some really great tips about actual actions that we are best to do once we wake up and smell the herbal tea and say, hey, this is an abusive relationship. And whether that's verbal abuse, emotional, physical, spiritual, sexual, whatever it is. Now, I've told you so many times, and Lily, I tell people all the time, unless there's physical or sexual abuse, I always invite people to do their own work first while they're in the relationship. And the reason for that is that you don't want to take a disempowered person off to sit by themselves and wonder, what have I done? 
We want to build ourselves up to be this uh, understanding what's happened to us, understanding what we're moving toward, understanding that we deserve to set boundaries, learning how to set boundaries, taking care of ourselves, getting better communication and conflict management skills, and then we can leap. And again, the caveat is if there's physical or sexual abuse, get yourself and your children out of there. But otherwise, I suggest that you learn these things, you try them out. You know, I have programs for all of this. You try them out and then you see what works, what doesn't work. If anything makes anything tolerable, if it doesn't make anything tolerable, then you are taking your power back. And I love that phrase too, Lily. So let's just talk about the spiritual part here. You mm -hmm. say that, that this is um, a spiritual guide to finding your truth. Is there another beyond spiritual way to find your truth? <laughs> that is a great question. That's a great question. Is there another way? Actually, no. Um, but um, because I find that so many people, especially people when I just um, begin even coaching them, even if let's say I'm coaching them for their business, let's say, um, it does wind up coming down to um, somehow, some way down to a spiritual discussion or session. Because like what I said in the beginning, many of us don't see that separation between us and a life situation between this body and a life situation between let's say this body and that spirit that's in here and people get uh, seriously caught up in in the language you know oh spirituality that's just weird and and i know even in 2018 people get caught up in that and i did kind of uh i i didn't i didn't question that subtitle because it is what it is but I have to say this, it's not a big deal. If people are, are getting all caught up in the language, I say, just look, this is all it is. If it's not of this body, it's of spirit. That's it. That's all that you need to know about the word spiritual. Okay. Right? Does that make sense? Yes, it does. Yeah. I, mean, I mean, all my listeners know that I am a New Thought minister, so they know that I talk about these things all the time. But I just wanted to have your take on that because yes. for us to, to realize that, you know, as, as has been said by many people now, um, that we are a spiritual being going through a human experience. And if we have that expression in our minds or that we believe that, then of course it will be simple for us to realize that uh, there is a spiritual way to find our truth. Um, yes. Because truth is such a big nebulous thing and everybody's truth, you know, people have arguments over whose truth is more true. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> So it's, it's really important for us to, to be talking about, as you said, your own truth, you know, mm -hmm. to finding your truth, because it may not be the same for everybody else. Yes. But when we're looking at what is true for us. So when we have been the unwitting prey of a hijackal, and if anybody's never heard my term hijackal before, let me just tell you, those are the relentlessly difficult, toxic people in life who hijack our relationships for their own purposes, and then they scavenge them for power, status, and control, usually daily. 
Mm-hmm. And they have this wonderful face out in the world that says they are wonderful and at home they are your own private idea of hell. And so it makes it very, very difficult sometimes to go and talk to somebody about that person because that other person is seeing a different face than you see. Mm-hmm. So when you go to leave one of these people, people will, who would do that? Why would you do that? Because they're so wonderful. And hopefully, as you said, you have some friends who understand what's going on for you. Yes. And we'll Although it's not that, that simple. No. Uh, and I, I didn't mean to cut you off because um, this took me um, a long time. This took me until I was beat up so bad. Um, this took me a long time and I was always beat up so bad, but this took me a long time to actually pick up a phone and I'm sure 150% sure that your listeners could relate to this. No one wants anyone to know that they're, they're, that, that they're being hurt and beat. It's, it's demoralizing. Sure. No one wants to go to their family. No one wants to go to their friends it, because it's, um, and not, well, there's this, the sick part that you're trying to still protect that person against your family and friends, but really it's because you're, you're feeling so um, like nothing. Mm-hmm. And just to admit that to your family and friends makes you feel even worse. Yeah. And so it takes a lot of, it's hard. I know chicken or the egg, but it takes a lot of, um, chutzpah or self-love to say, Hey, I am, I'm going to make myself worth this. And I am going to have to tell someone. And, um, and by the way, the third practical step is to call the authorities. Some people don't have someone to call some people, um, you know, but that, that has to be number three. You have to call the authorities. Yes, it has to be number three. It Mm -hmm. must be. They'll have your back. They will take care of you. Uh, yes and no, <laughs> but it's a really good thing to do. Now, I've been working with the partners, the exes, and the adult children of hijackos for years and years and years. I've been to court with them, for them, spoken on their behalf. I don't do that anymore, so please don't ask. Um, but I, uh, so I, I really understand that. I would love to be able to say that, but it depends where you are. You know, I have people in my Facebook group, and if you're if you're in this situation and you want to join, the Facebook group is called Optimized Life. I would love uh, to. Yeah, but everybody, you know, get help, get support. We're people who know what you're going through, mm-hmm. and it's called Optimized Life because then when your hijackal browses through your history, they won't care that you're trying to optimize life. It doesn't mm-hmm. say, you know, how to get rid of a, a toxic person. Um, but the thing is that for for people to realize that they're in that moment and they need to tell someone there's also the piece that says, then I have to admit I chose poorly. And there's an embarrassment that goes with that, that causes us to say, well, no, no. And then we have people from the outside giving us messages, whether that's the media or television of any kind, or, or even your grandparents. And they're saying, you made your bed, you lie in it. Mm-hmm. We have all of these things that are behind mm-hmm. us. And so it's, it's a big job. And I don't want anyone to feel like I don't have the right to do this. You absolutely do. Right, right. When, once you realize that you have had less than healthy treatment, that is the turning point for you to say no more. Yes. Yes. Yeah. When you've suffered enough, 
and, and, and you're ready to take that shift, you will do it. Uh, for me, it took me two marriages in a row when I had uh, that big universal uh, two by four clonked me over the head and I was lying flat on my back and I said, okay, I have had enough and I am ready to take my power back. I am ready to take love into my life. And, uh, and it's a great place to be. And what's interesting is, and I do talk about this a lot in Truth to Triumph, um, and you may differ. I've been in the courts uh, many, many times, but Truth to Triumph, this is a great book practical book, but also a great book to, to, to make the people that call themselves the victim, of course, I'm all about not labeling and, and peeling that label off, but let's, for argument's sake, let's call them victims. Let's call us victims. Um, you have so much more work to do. The police work with you when you decide to never look back, never take a phone call, never take a phone call from a third party. When you get an order of protection, that order of protection is for you to not violate just as much as it's not for him to violate. And when he violates, and I, I have stories, I could tell you, <laughs> when he violates, you know, I've had letters, flowers, I've had big billboards up against, uh, you know, my, my mailbox, you name it, I've had everything. Love um, bombing. All you have to do is you have to keep telling yourself, I'm never going back. I'm never going back. And every single time it's vi that protection of order protection is violated, you have to go to the DA. You go to the DA. You go to the DA. Uh, mm -hmm. I personally, uh, I had an alarm, a panic alarm put in my home. There's 25 panic alarms uh, that New York State puts out in, in two major um, counties. One of them of the 25 was put into my home. Uh, and uh, because one of the big things I was afraid of is that I wouldn't be protected and I'd wind up dead in a dumpster. And now my son is going to not have a mommy. So mm -hmm. all of these things I understand, I, I get it, I understand. So I want the listeners to know I understand, but you've just got to trust. You've just got to trust in God, the universe, mother earth, whatever it is that you could relate to you know, in your spiritual path. Whatever it is, it's not about doctrine. It's about really trusting in love. And that love is going to come from within. And you get that power within. You just got to trust in it and go with it. And that means that no arguing, no co-parent arguing. You don't, even have to, you, you don't even have to look at that person in court. You just need to get yourself safe and get your children safe. And that's kind of that ABC, that step one, two, three that I was talking about before. Mm -hmm. Well, that's really good advice, and you do have to do that. And it, 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 there's so much discrepancy in the Canada and in the United States and in other countries, oh, too, because the I courts, have, the courts are crazy. I have clients all over, and I have a client, for instance, who lives in a small town in Canada, and she's been terribly, terribly abused. But her ex manipulated, exploited, and seduced the police into thinking he's a great guy. She's stuck. She's completely stuck. She has no financial resources. She has no one to reach out to. She's taking care of elderly parents at the same time as she's trying to manage all of this. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I, I, I just... relate because that happened to me exactly with my son's father. My mm -hmm. son's father is an attorney. Oh, yeah. When I called the police, they came. And um, he called the police. They came. You know how one comes for each other. In the middle of them doing my intake, I saw in the bottom of the driveway my ex-husband 
my son's father and a cop laughing, laughing at the bottom of me and called this female police officer down. And then she came up and she gave me a tiny little paper and she said, we already did the report down there. And I said, what happened to mine? She says, well, you could just get, this is, you could just, he, he did the report. Um, and that was manipulation because he is an attorney. He's a criminal attorney. He knows all the police. But guess what? I want your friend to know this. He lost his entire life as he knew it anyway, because I said, and I say these two words in truth to triumph, listen to these two words. They're very simple, but very empowering. So what? So what? Because you take your power back. You pick, I said, I had no job now, remember. My son was two. I had nowhere to go. I didn't have an exit plan then. I wasn't, I didn't know that then. No one told me that then. I picked up my son and the life as he knew it was never again. He was never married to me anymore. He was now a visiting dad. And, um, you know, of course the courts have to do their thing. It's, it's, it's annoying. I wasted too much time being angry at the police at the time. And so fast forward that next marriage, I'm thinking I'm going to call the police for what? But then I realized one situation is not another. And I was really, really trusting at this point that I was either going to run for my life or I'd rather just be dead. So that second time around, I did. I got lucky. I had, uh, of course, I was completely battered and um, it did work. Um, you know, they did help me, but I understand that. I know it's, it's a hard one. The only thing I could say is just keep in touch with that that door that, that, that's being knocked on, you know, that intuition and just follow it. Forget about the money. The money will come. The universe will send someone. I promise. Okay, great. <laughs> well, there's obviously so many things that we could talk about and you've given some really great insights. And so I just want everybody to know this is Lily Sanders. She's the author of Truth to Triumph, a spiritual guide to finding your truth. And you can learn more about her and find her book by going to lilysanders.live. Live. So Lily, with one, one L at the beginning, one L in the middle, L-I-L-Y-S-A-N-D-E-R-S.com. Thanks so much for being with us. Thank you for having me. I'm Dr. Roberta Shaler. We've had this wonderful time with Lily Sanders. Lots of good things to think about if that's the stage that you're at with your hijackal. We'll be back next week and continue to listen to the Relationship Help Show. You can find me at fourrelationshiphelp.com or go to YouTube and my channel is called, guess what, For Relationship Help. Thanks for being here for today's episode of Emotional Savvy. If you want to deepen your emotional savvy, make shifts in your relationships, and enjoy life and relationships more, work with me, Dr. Roberta Shaler. Get my books, enjoy my courses, or work with me directly. You can do that by visiting forrelationshiphelp.com, F-O-R, relationship, H-E-L-P.com, and subscribe to Tips for Relationships now. Don't miss a thing. Be empowered this week with more emotional savvy. Thank you.